I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Steve. Hello, snowflakes. That was um, a sort of smirk on your face then. What was that all about? I, I, I just thought of something. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to share it with the listeners? No, I don't want to share it oh, with the right. class yet. No, right, okay. uh, no. Will you share it with us later, or is it for off air? I think perhaps I, perhaps we'll share it later on. Oh, yeah. okay, great. Um, we're going to do a bit of a news special, because it's been a very newsy week, hasn't it, for There's Brexit? There's been a lot of news about Brexit news, yes. And then, of course, we'll crown up Brexit of the week uh, towards the end of the pod. Yeah. But first, whoa, Super Tuesday, open brackets, and Wednesday, close brackets. Yes. It was... It, the wind seemed to have... The wind? The wind? The wind. The excitement seemed to have died down a bit by Monday evening because the, the government were fairly confident weren't they, that everything was going to be fine. Yeah. You're all going to be beaten. And then... Then it wasn't. <clears throat> little Dr. Philip... Yeah. He resigned. The, the cat among the pigeons. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Because he's on stage. Yeah. It's great, it's great stuff. Yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. No one had ever heard of him before. Philip Lee. And um, I expect... He'll probably go back to leading a nice, quiet life as a backbencher. He's probably going to get deselected now, poor old Philip Lee, isn't he? <laughs> and, he and the best bit about it was that he, when it came to it, he abstained. He did abstain, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he set something in motion, he did. hasn't he? He did. He set something in motion, and we don't know um, and we don't know quite how it's going to turn out. And we're at a bit of a, a disadvantage to you, because by the time you're... You're listening to this. You'll have read the um, the new proposed government. Well, well, possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, probably will have read the government amendment, um, which has been a, the subject of much controversy, hasn't it? We could try and fudge it like Theresa May does. Okay. Yeah. So, whoa! What about that new amendment, Steve? Oh well, it's got the best of both worlds, isn't it? Yeah, she's pulled it off. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The fudge to end all fudges. It's quite good, isn't it? Um, I. I I like the fact that Theresa May is... It'd be good if she could do it as a, a sort of a magic eye, wouldn't she? Like, if you were... <laughs> if you saw it... If you were Brexit-y. If you were brexit <laughs> you could look at it and you'd see one... Like a pattern of, you know, a um, St George putting down a load of snakes, foreign snakes. And if you were Remainy, 
you would see um, a, a lovely image of Theresa May welcoming some migrants. I'd have an issue with that though, because I can't see magic. Items. No, me neither. But we both wear we both wear glasses. Yeah. so is that something well, to I'd, do with that? I spent hours at teenage parties looking at pictures on walls with people going, "Wow." Yeah, yeah. Like, just it drove me insane. Has it ever occurred to you that it might just be an emperor's new clothes style hoax? And well, it did at the time. Everybody, I thought all of your mates are yeah. in on it, but you're not. Yeah, I did. I kind of did think that it bugged me for years, and then yeah, and then um, I was at an opticians, and the um, it wasn't me who was getting my eyes tested. Actually, I was with my daughter, and she was getting her eyes tested, and they asked us to look at something, and she couldn't see it. Right, and. And I looked and I said, well, there's nothing there. I'm at no wonder she can't see it. And yeah. they had a quick look in my eyes and I've, my eyes aren't quite aligned or something. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> you, no one mentions it. But no, really, I don't I've got like to mention it, but yeah. <laughs> so I can't see it. So you can't either? No, I can't see it. I've seen one. Oh. And it was only when it was pointed out to me. Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> It was only when it was pointed out to me that there was a submarine there and right. this is the edge of it. And then I went, oh, yeah, I can kind of see it now. And then it sort of came into view a bit. But I've never had the whoa yeah, moment. No. I, um, think, um, I, I think that's a really good idea. I actually think that that would be ideal for this. Because that is what she's sort of done, isn't it? Yeah. And... You know, she's she's taken the can kicking to new levels in a desire to kick a can <laughs> further and further down the road. She's told one lot, lovely old Subri and that, and and Grieve, mm. Dominic Grieve, Dominic Grieve, that she's going to kick the can down to, towards them, and then of course she's reassured David Davis and and Reese Mogg and everything that the can will stay firmly kicked in their direction. I mean, it was fairly chaotic. Has she not watched? Has she not seen what happened to Sarah and Michelle Geller at the end of Cruel Intentions? This is what happens when you say one thing to one lot of people and one thing to another lot of people. It's good. Your lies will find you out. I mean, she this, learned nothing. But this is a tactic, clearly. This is, it's, not, it, it's not, although she's shown herself to be fairly incompetent, this isn't incompetence. This is on purpose. She's well, yeah. fudging this on purpose to get it as, as close as possible to a time where... Someone, someone's going to have to make a decision, that's and a, it's going to have to be. A yeah, decision. I think that's her plan. There's always the there's always the thing with Theresa May, isn't there, of whether she is like is she like Mrs. Warboys from One Foot in the Grave, as she often appears, this sort of hapless old lady, <laughs> or is she more like Rosa Klebb from On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, who knows, you know. Well, uh, neither side really know anything, do they? And, and uh, uh, but there is going to have to come a crunch, and, and I think probably it's going to come earlier than Theresa May might have hoped. And it is because of these uh, yes. Dominic Grieve amendments, but and it's... what happened afterwards. So I think fourteen potential rebels were taken into Theresa May's Commons taken, office, taken into custody, and yeah. shot, <laughs> and uh, shot by the chief whip. <clears throat> and what exactly was said is um, the subject of some conjecture, but. They were certainly very happy with what they heard. Well, yeah, because Theresa May's lied to them. So, 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 this is what Greaves said, and I spoke to one of those rebels who was in that room and, and seemed to get a similar yeah. um, take on things from him. Um, so, the, 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 Grieve amend, the Grieve Amendment states, I'll just read the three points out there. So, yeah. the first one, within seven days... Of the statement, so this would be a statement with regarding the Brexit, a Brexit deal. Yes, MPs would have have to vote on a motion approving the government's approach. Yeah, that seems very reasonable and very sensible to me. Yes. Okay, 
according to the people who were in that room, Theresa May said, yes, that will go on the bill as is. Yeah. Point two. If there's no agreement by November the 30th, um, so that's after the autumn summit, obviously, the government would have to give MPs the chance to vote on a motion saying what should happen next. Yes. <clears throat> now, that is a bit more controversial, I think. Yeah. Um, because the House of Commons is actually not that Brexity. It's actually quite... It's actually... Quite Remaini. Quite Remaini, yeah. 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 Um, the third... So, but so supposedly... I think, we, I think that, you know, I think even even the Theresa May side, even the Cabinet saying... The Cabinet Office is saying that that's right. Yeah. Isn't it? That those Point A and point B have been conceded. Yeah, well, according to the people in that room. Yeah. Point three was going to... There were going to be further discussion on this, and we know that Greenwood yes. has met the Prime Minister, and I presume that there was discussion about this. If there is no agreement by February 15th, 2019, the government have to bring the matter to the Commons within five days. And basically what that means is that, uh, in, in layman's speak, the Parliament will yes, have layman. the power yeah. on... Um, <laughs> Jens Lehmann. Jens Lehmann. Jens Lehmann. Yeah. Um, so Parliament would have the power to decide what happened with Brexit, whether... Yeah, and, that's and, right. and, and the Brexiteers' fear is that this takes no deal off yeah. the table. Um, so, so Dominic Grieve, and what, so what did the person who was in the room who you've spoken to say about this? What was her reaction to this? What, what, what was he? Oh, so, no, to, Theresa May's reaction. What's to Theresa it? May's reaction? Yeah, to the third point. That there would be further discussion. There would in the be further days. discussion. But did he? Did they notice if she had? Did she have her barley's up or <laughs> her fingers crossed under the desk or or something like I, that? I didn't ask, but I could find out. Yeah, but did, I think that's did you what's see her missing. Hands? Yeah, exactly. Did you see her hands? That's like, what's the fish? She had her fingers crossed when she um, when she t- was accepted the UK leadership, didn't she? That's right, Diane Jones. <laughs> Diane yeah, Jones. yeah, she did. Yeah. So it is a political manoeuvre. Well, it is. It's not a very sophisticated one, though, is it? Well, that's what we've just, to. just lied. <laughs> yes, of course. That sounds great. Right. See you all later. Um, but well, that is what it's come to. I think clearly what happened in that meeting was Theresa May assured. I mean, they were all really pleased with themselves, the rebels. They were. Yeah, they, they were. were yeah. Really chuffed after that. Yeah, they yeah. Were very. You know, I mean, uh, Buckland had said the Solicitor General had said, had said on three or four occasions. To the point, actually, where the speaker said, "Can you not have conversations yeah, exactly, between yourself? Yeah. Can you come to the speaker?" Me. Um, <clears throat> I'm not in the limelight anymore. Can yeah, you <laughs> stupid man. No, he didn't say that. He just he just thought it. So, the, but if this was just if this was just to avoid a defeat, which clearly it was, then Theresa May has got herself in all kinds of trouble because this is only the this will come back. And if if these amendments yes, course, aren't yeah. in aren't properly in this bill, then they will be laid down again by the Lords. They will come back. And they won't trust her ever again. No, no, it'll be quite easy this time. And she they? will be defeated. And she will be defeated, yeah. So, there's going to have to be some kind of fudge. So, you guys may well know already. It's a fudge. <laughs> Who was the fudge? fudge. I'm, a f- I'm the master of fudge. No, Theresa May is. A, yeah, the mistress of fudge. The mistress of fudge. Mistress fudge. So, that, so those, whatever those amendments are, will be debated in the Lords. They yeah. will come back, and that's another point of danger. Yeah. If... if they have been watered down too much, then the danger arises from the Brexit side as well, the ERG. I mean, Theresa May is, we've said it on numerous occasions, it's been pulled in all directions, but she's going to have to make a choice. There is going to come a crunch time, and I think it's now with this. Well, there is, yeah. I mean, there's some good, there's some good uh, quotes, unsourced quotes, obviously, because no one will talk on the record, but 
somebody saying, one of the Brexiteers saying that they have realised that she talks from two different sides of her mouth. Yeah. That's quite a good thing. Like it? a town clock. Like a vent- or a ventriloquist. Um, like which which ventriloquist and which dummy would she be? I don't know. Would be good, wouldn't it? I think she. It'd give it away if she started Harris. saying, "Of course, we'll have other discussions." <laughs> Talk to the the remainers while drinking a glass of water. Yeah, but I I think I think she'd be well, do Keith we Harris. Bottle of gear. She's Keith Harris. Yeah. Orville would be Romani, wouldn't he? Yeah. And what's the what was Cuddles. the Puddles the monkey? I ate that Europe. <laughs> He's the he's the voice of the he's the voice of the Brexit. How much easier would it be if all if that was the uh, so yeah. the fourteen rebels walked into Theresa May's office and there she was with Orville, well, with Orville on yeah and he said I wish I could fly <laughs> oh you'll have to trust you me. you can oh don't worry it'll all be fine rebels go back and vote with the government so they did yes then the Brexiteers got all angry went to see David Davis who's there. Cuddles the monkey. Cuddles the monkey. Cuddles the Brexit monkey. Ah, yeah, snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's what happened. So there you go. I hey. can very much recommend, while we're talking about Keith Harris and Orville, yeah. this is something that you can try at home, New European podcast listener. I can very much recommend getting this. My, my daughter used to really like the, the song Foundations by Kate Nash. Oh, yeah, that and is a good a, song. And there's a bit in that where she says, I'm want to do this and she says but I can't and I would always when my daughter was listening to it I used to sort of wait outside her room and then when she Kate Nash went but I can't I would burst in and sing in Orville's voice you can like that and it used to really annoy her she tried to be all Indian trendy she's in a uh, she's in the uh, superior uh, Netflix wrestling series which I believe is called Glow Oh. Uh, which is about women's wrestling. It's very good. Oh, is it? Well, that first uh, it's got Alison really Brie in it. Um, um, oh, anyway, uh, while we're on Orville, yeah. What number did Orville's song get to in 1982 in the charts? Oh, I don't know. Was it not number one? No, it wasn't. Number two? No. Well, I'm, I'm just naming numbers. Number now. four. Number four. Go on. Guess how many copies it sold? Oh, it would have sold over. Oh, well over. It would have gone platinum, wouldn't it? No. Go on. Four hundred thousand. Only 400,000 copies. But that would send it straight to number one these days, wouldn't it? Well, it would yeah, be number and one. And the follow-up song... Which was, I Ate Cuddles the Monkey. No, it was, Come to my party. <laughs> Didn't even chart. Didn't even chart. Number 44. Who can, who can say why? What a year for good music 1982 was. They live day-to-day, this government, don't they, Theresa May? Oh, not even day-to-day, hour-to-hour. Hour-to-hour, hand-to-mouth. I mean, who thought, who'd have thought that Philip Grifting was, to survive, that, like I a mean, gangster on the run, yeah. Steely Dan once said. Yeah. It, it's a, Living on the on the blankets like Tony Soprano. What's, what's happened now? <laughs> oh, no, or tell him to pay off the... It's, been like that since Brexit, though, hasn't it? And they've not done much to. I mean, they, we can trace the problems that she's got back a long way to when she said, "We will be leaving the customs union. We'll be leaving the singles market." When she basically singles market, she's leaving that, is she? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she is. Old Arthur Rasky will be happy. Only Philip, Philip for me. <laughs> She's, she's quit Tinder. She's quit Tinder. She's off the singles market. She's put that little take me off Tinder yeah. thing on the old Tinder, and um, yeah. So that's but um, but she I've said it before. She painted herself into a corner. Yeah. She she made she made her own red lines. Yeah, yeah. Before there'd been any real discussion about what anything meant. 
Well, I know, yeah. She, and I now mean, she's, she's got to this point where there are two fairly powerful wings of a, a party. I have to say, I'd be more scared of the Brexiteers in the Tories than I would about the Remainers, because I don't think the Remainers want a toppler, whereas the Brexiteers, if they're pushed enough, probably will. Yes. So um, that's my question. Is If she caves into the Remainers, is she... And, you know, there is more discussion about this thing that the Parliament will get the ultimate say. Yeah. Will there then be a vote of confidence in Theresa May? I don't think it's or imminent. Or a leadership challenge to Theresa May rather than about confidence. I don't, think it's, I don't think that is imminent, but, uh, you know, Rees-Mogg always says, I'm not going to challenge yeah, Theresa yeah, May, yeah. we're not going to... But I think, I don't believe him for a second, and I think the reason he keeps saying it is because he's underlining the point that he very well could, yes, and they have I the agree. numbers. He's definitely a Bond villain, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the the Remainers are dangerous in the House and the Brexiteers are dangerous with regards to her premiership. But I don't think... I think they'd wait until the bill came back right, rather than do it now. Now, returning to the theme of is Theresa May Mrs Warboys or Rosa Clegg or yeah. Blofeld, is, is Theresa May's, as a point all along, been let's just spin this out until the last possible moment? until there has got to be some kind of vote in the Commons on it's this total fudge of a deal or there's no deal at all and then she knows that the Commons are going to swing behind it and the, the Brexiteers are going to have to go, oh, well, you know, we've got most of what we wanted. Well, I mean... Is there a bit of evil genius I, I, to Theresa May? I'm start, I've, ju- I've just written a piece which basically says that. Mm. Um, I think there is. I think there is some method to this madness yes but it's this it's too multifaceted for it to for for that to be a smooth ride she can't just carry on going it'll all be fine everyone don't worry about it oh we need to vote on this no Uh, because little things like this i mean this whole the whole two days came down to that one moment in her office basically yes um and and there's going to be more uh, you know both wings want to know whether she is going to give us a soft Brexit or they're going to get their hard Brexit and yeah. and it, it, that is going to become clearer and clearer over the coming months. The weirdest thing about all this of course is that if you if you do follow it to to that logical extension then we we we're, we're hearing you know what we're in we're in June now aren't we? Mm. We're talking about February of next year. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. talking about another 8 months yeah. before Theresa May this before the moment when there is you know, a little war actually happens yeah. and it's my way or the highway yeah. and it will be her way. Um, I think she I'm needs... I'm not sure she can propel this for another eight months. Well, I, don't, I, I wasn't... I'm, I, Theresa May has shocked me on a number of occasions by how she's clung on. I was going to say, not just by turning up on your doorstep <laughs> or... She's off the singles market now, yeah. so I don't see as much of it. she run through your one of your <laughs> wheat fields? She'd be in trouble. I'd wave she my finger be, yeah. at her. I mean, she's You'd not... be surprised, wouldn't you, if she turned I'd, up? I would be shocked. I mean, you know, I've met her on a few occasions. We're, you know, we're You're, acquainted. You are acquainted, <laughs> yeah. She's been, she's been here. Yes. She's been to New yeah. European Towers. She has. Um, to to talk to, um, to to talk to the editor of our sister paper. Yeah. Uh, on an occasion when I had to cover up the um, the image of her as a sort of ghoulish figure. <laughs> 
uh, when we did our giveaway Halloween masks. Yeah. I didn't cover up the one of Boris Johnson as the Joker, though, because I thought she might quite like that. Well, I wasn't in the office that day. Where was I? I no, we, was we, at a conference. We don't let you, oh, no. we don't let don't you to come when important politicians <laughs> no. try and move you out. She, well, if you, when you do talk to her, when you do interview her, yeah. um, it's almost like you, she, the things she says are those... I mean, I, I interviewed twice during the election campaign, and everything's prepared. She's learnt it all. Yeah. She's only ever going to say that. Unlike your approach. But, but, if, but if you look at her, if well you prepared. feel like... I've got printouts. <laughs> if, if you, but you feel like there's something else, there's another conversation going on in her head that's mm. not joined up to the one in her mouth. Now, obviously, she's managed to switch that between the Brexiteers and the Remainers. She's very skillful. Yes. And uh, she's a clever woman. But I don't think it was the plan no. to just put it all off. I think that's just how it's been shaped. Right. Through okay. some from some mistakes on her part. But, but that is what's it, happening, isn't it? It's kind of worked for her up to this point, hasn't it? Well, it has. And yeah. it worked, you know, when we had to get it over the line in December, that worked. Yeah. Last minute stuff. She's hoping to do all this at the last minute so that they can't be around about it. But she's, I mean, look, the, the Brexiteers have always been wound up by her, haven't they? And yeah. the fact that she's refusing to have a no deal and. and Take us out and all of that. Now the now the remainers are wound up by her, and that is quite a dangerous position. It is something else. Yeah. Oh, go on. Well, I just think that I just think that the remainers are never going to want to topple her um, because that that. But they're going to want to force her hand and then support her, aren't they? Yes, but then there is the issue of if if they force. Yeah, there is that. But if they force her hand and. To the point where the Brexiteers topple her, then yes. they're in danger again, aren't they? Well, that's that is possible. So, can we talk about another thing where Theresa May is? Yeah. Is she Mrs. Warboys? Yeah. Is she Rosa Clare? Which is my some, theme of the week. Done some. Which is the moment with. that um, you'll have seen on the news, and you'll have seen being retweeted by um, by sort of. Labour people and ordinary people and, and people, a lot of people who are sort of in the, the Corbyn camp, Owen Jones has retweeted this and put it on his, his Facebook, I, I noticed. And it, it is the moment when it was the, the best thing that Jeremy Corbyn's done all week, wasn't yeah. it? Was Which it is the, the question, thing, isn't it? The question at, at PMQs about whether she... Um, agree, I forget what his, his joke was. When when you met Donald Trump, did you ask him to take over the Brexit yeah. negotiations yeah. like Boris Johnson says? And if you if you haven't seen the clip, it's widely available. I recommend you, you do see it. But it is seemingly the most sort of duplicitous thing of the week, isn't it? Because yeah. Theresa May stands there looking a bit sort of shell-shocked and embarrassed and she's doing a few little weird things with her face. Mm. And like, oh, that's quite funny. And then she looks a bit annoyed by it. And she's purse-lipped. And then the camera cuts to Boris Johnson, who's behind her on the front bench. And he's, frankly, sniggering away like Motley, yeah, isn't he? he's having a great time, isn't he? He is, absolutely. And, and there is about 30 seconds of the opposition benches laughing at Theresa May. And it doesn't look too good. And she looks a bit like, well, we mentioned... Cruel Intentions before, she looks a bit like Glenn Close does at the yeah. end of Dangerous Liaisons, which is based on the same yeah. source material, isn't it? And she goes to the theatre after John Malkovich has died and everybody boos her and she looks a bit, or snubs her and she looks kind of shell-shocked. And she looks a bit like that. Do you think that Theresa May stood there and did that to make people feel sorry for her and make Boris Johnson look worse? 
or do you think it was just a natural, genuine reaction? Do you think it well? How uh, Machiavellian is Theresa May? I, don't I, think, I guess uh, no. I think it was a I, natural reaction. I thought, I thought it was a natural reaction, but also, I, I, but also, she was she was really good at PMQs this week. I yeah, thought. she was she was very good. I was it? expecting it to be a, a Corbyn win, but it certainly wasn't. Uh, no, I mean, I, I know we've, I've seen a couple of people disagreeing with your view of it, it which we put up on the New European website. That's because the Corbyn, Corbynistas don't like but me. The, but it was also the view of whoever did the, like, must have been maybe it was John Crace in the Guardian, but it was certainly the view of the Guardian that that May had, had won. But I think that will be replayed on social media for. Oh, quite it was a, a great moment. It was a great moment, and it, and it was Corbyn's best moment of the week by by yeah, a yeah, long yeah. shot. But why? He, I, I don't, I've no idea. Why he didn't go after her over the over what did you tell the remainers? Yeah, I know. Just I don't I know. know who I don't know who writes these questions. I don't know what if they even have a discussion about it. Frankly, because mm. some weeks he's good. He was great last week. This week he was utterly garbage. Yeah, um, exactly. but Theresa May was. Good. I mean, I've got some stick about it because a lot of people have been saying it's a bit erotic. My, um, have you seen that? Is it erotic? <laughs> yeah, because I have her thwacking him with a cane. Oh. Yeah, school, so ma- check, school mistress. Check that out online at uk. Do you think Theresa May is stuck with him until the next election, whenever that might be? Well, or Boris or Boris. Corbyn. Well, well yeah, <laughs> both. I think um, she's probably hopeful she's stuck with Corbyn. Yeah. Um, Boris. N- uh, or, do, or do you think she'll bin him off? I think on she the, probably on can. The, I think she probably can bin him off once we're On the last Europe. day of March. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Happy Brexit Day. Whoa, imagine... Brexit yeah. day of the long knives. Because she can fold up the old David Davis department then, yeah, can't she? She can that. fold that back into the foreign office yeah. and she can she can say, now I want somebody else to Davis has, has suggested that that will be it for him, though, hasn't he? And yeah, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, quite a funny week for Boris Johnson, isn't it? Yes. I think it's been a week... I mean, this has been a week, and it's argued in the print edition of the New European, which you should buy. It's got a great... Uh, front cover, uh, an excellent front cover showing Theresa May as Bobby Moore um, in 1966, but she's given us all the visa, and it's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's a very strong issue, but it's, it's argued that uh, I think Andrew Adonis argues this, and maybe Michael White that you know Brexit is just in, looks impossible now. Their vision of Brexit, anyway, yeah. and the Brexiteers are starting to crack up, and you know I think we saw the signs of this, didn't we, when. Um, last week, when the tape came out of Johnson, who let's, you know, let's not forget that on March the 29th, Boris Johnson wrote a piece in the Daily Express which said, Our national journey out of the EU is almost over and a glorious view awaits. And then, less than two, two months later, he's telling, he's recorded saying, You've got to face the fact that there may be a meltdown. Don't panic during the meltdown. No panic. It's all going to be all right in the end, and all the sunlit uh, meadows and the golden opportunities that he's spoken of are, are just away. And now we've got this bizarre thing where he says that there should be a bridge between. He wants to build a bridge between Scotland and Northern Ireland, which should be paid for with all the money that we're yeah. not going to save after Brexit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like he, I like his ideas. I think it'd be great to have a bridge. We could have a bridge to Ireland, yeah. bridge to France, that was one of his other ideas. Yeah, do you know, well his bridge to France was a great idea, wasn't it? Because they worked out that because of the height of all the cargo ships, of which there are 500 a day, go through there, the, 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 
the bridge between France and <coughs> because of all the cargo ships, and there are about five hundred that, that go through the Channel a day. There are um, there are um, I'm not I'm not sure it's five hundred. It might be five hundred a week. Because of all the because of all the cargo ships, and there are you know hundreds in a week that go through the English Channel. They worked out that Boris's bridge between England and France would have to be f- at least 500 metres above the waterline, yeah, the top of the pylon. Yeah. It would be the biggest bridge ever, const- the tallest bridge ever constructed in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, Do it. And then they said, <laughs> you know, is that a bit of a waste considering we've already got the Channel Tunnel directly underneath it? Do it. Just Build do it. it. Build it, build everything, make it 12 lanes in each direction. It's not got a lot of luck with bridges, has it? Because, of course, the 46 million quid of our money that he spent on the, the Garden Bridge wasn't very good as well, or London taxpayers' money. Uh, I no longer live in London. No, so, the Garden Bridge, what uh, a failure that was. So that's good. If you're going to build it, get it right. But I'd love to see that bridge. Massive big bridge. A huge bridge between Massive. France and... Yeah. Could we not build one between France and Scotland and Northern Ireland? A big triangular a, bridge. A massive ring road. A huge, yeah. 500 metres all ring road. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. The M26. Or even better, a monorail. <sighs> monorail. 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 It's good, isn't it, that he's so obsessed with bridges? Because I've been watching the bridge on... Have on, you? On, on TV. Have you? And that has also got in it a large blonde who's got trouble relating <laughs> to ordinary people. Um, so, yeah. But Boris. it's mental, isn't it? it? This seems to be the week that they have all gone completely well, nuts. It, it, but it, every week you think it can't get any, any weirder. It yeah. can't get any more bonkers. And what does it do every week? It gets more and more bonkers. Paul Dacre's taking it well, isn't he? Did his, you see his, his piece in of... Specky? Yeah. Um, hey, I, I was pres- right though, wasn't I? Last I week predict- on this very pod, I predicted Geordie Gregg would be the new editor of the Daily Mail, and I was right. You were, yes, yep. that's true. Yeah. Um, I particularly enjoyed the bit where he said the, the Daily Mail talking about immigration, and I'm quoting him here, uh, has helped prevent the rise here of the kind of ugly right-wing political movements which are now festering across the EU. I did have a little bit of trouble <laughs> squaring uh, in my head that comment from Mr Dickey. Yes, it was an odd one. I mean, even without the old Faragists, shall we, you know, this? he wrote this presumably while, you know... I think he's smarting a bit. He's smarting a bit. Has he been whipped by Mrs. May's cane? Like, he, Ooh, are you going to write another bit of your slash maybe. fiction yeah, about this? <laughs> what, a Theresa May fan fiction writer? That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. probably isn't I think Theresa May fan fiction. I'll check it out. Um, but you know, this is this is written with a couple of days after Tommy Robinson's yeah. mates, yeah. His, his, his followers, and there's there's five police injured. Nine protesters arrested, and they're giving Nazi salutes on the mall. Yeah. You know, so to say, anyway, Paul Dacre, he's, he's irrelevant. Everyone in the office has got brown shoes on now. In the what? In support? Yeah. In the Daily Mail office? Yeah, they're all. They've got their brown shoes up on his desk when he comes in the office. Yeah. <laughs> he's lame, good, no. lame duck now. Lame isn't duck. He? Yeah. Lame duck. If Jacob you don't Reece, like, Jacob Rees-Mogg's had a good week as well, hasn't he? Has he? Well. I mean, do you see the thing in Private Eye, which is, I think now has now hit everybody else. He's, 
remember the John Redwood thing where he was revealed to have told investors in yeah. his John Redwood investment yeah. fund that they should take all the money out of Britain because, yeah. Christ, it's going to be a, a, a total nightmare, guys. Yeah. And Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's pretending that everything is OK with his lovely Brexit, it turns out his investment firm has set up a fund, a fund in Ireland for investors who want to keep their money in the EU. Oh and it said, we're, we're doing this to protect you from all the bad effects of, of a hard Brexit. And then, and then there was the, uh, there's a, the, a guy who came on James O'Brien's show. Did you, have you heard this? I don't listen to James O'Brien's show. So before. James O'Brien to go to work. It's very good. And the, he, there was a they had a UKIP council candidate yeah. on the other day. He stood for UKIP four times, I believe. This bloke, and James O'Brien, he said, you know, there absolutely mustn't be any turning back. And James O'Brien said to him, so you're saying even if we are driving straight into a burning building, I shouldn't be allowed to apply the brake? And he said yes. And James <laughs> O'Brien said to him, Are you sure? And he said yes. You've got to drive into the. Do you know the name of the councillor? Uh, I, I don't. Um, he's. I, he's. Uh, I can't remember his name now. No, I just wondered. He's very good. Um, um, well, that, I mean, that's. But that's the. That seems to be where the Brexiteers are at. The Brexiteers are losing their. Sh- it's they really are. good. They Even are. the Dalek. Oh, is he all right? The Brexit Dalek who hangs around outside my local Weatherspoon. Has he got over Dick or he won't be happy with Even he Craig is freaking there. out now about Brexit. He's freaking out about it. He is, yeah. Is he? I went past there at 6.29am this morning, just as they were <laughs> opening the doors. Just as they were drawing the first time. It doesn't pint actually of, open at 6.30. It doesn't really no. open at 6.30 for alcohol, no. It's probably 7 o'clock. Wow. Just as the, they they were handing out the first pints of champagne, which had been <laughs> been fermented in Wolverhampton from grapes that Tim mm. Martin bought out of Aldi, yeah. I saw the, the 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 Dalek was sort of circling around, yeah. you know, wheeling around, and he had on his little gun stick. I could see that he had Leo McKinstry's latest column <laughs> out of the Daily Express. He had it sort of pinned He's to a it, massive fan, and he was reading it out. In in his sad Dalek voice and oh, sad this I'm gonna I made a recording of yeah, it. I of hope you don't you mind. Do. This no, is, no, I'm no, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this. I do. Uh, I worry about the Dalek. So this is the this is a Dalek reading out Leo McKinstry's latest column about Brexit. Brexit is being thwarted rather than implemented with a mixture of institutionalised paralysis and contempt for the public. The supine establishment has squandered this moment. Our politicians and civil servants have run up the white flag of surrender. The rim owners seek to subvert democracy through their belief that their ideology is superior to the wisdom of that of most voters. This week's climb down is just the latest instalment in a long mournful saga of betrayal. Our quest for self-rule could have been a beacon to the world. Instead we are in danger of becoming an international laughing stock. Exterminate the Ramonos! Exterminate the Ramonos! So there you have it. He doesn't sound pleased, does he? <sighs> do you know what? I'm, I'm... Do you think we need to stage an intervention? I think we probably do. Right, well, well, we'll keep you up to date on that one. Yeah. Listener. Do we want to talk about um, Labour for a minute? Yes, we need to talk about Labour. Um, bit of a rebellion, wasn't there? Well, it was, yeah. It was a rebellion. I mean, um, it, I was a bit confused about. I was a bit confused about um, a few bits because it was a rebellion that s- sort of split even the rebels down the middle, didn't it? Yeah. So even the rebels couldn't uh, get their together. Yeah. Um, and the, so we've this sort of four wings of the Labour Party with regards to Brexit. Now it seems. Have you got any sympathy for those MPs who say my constituency voted Leave 
and therefore I want to I'm going to represent them yeah uh, well I don't know it's a point of view isn't it um, but surely you know if you're elected to I don't I, I guess it I guess, I guess it I guess it depends yeah so Laura Smith she, she stepped down one. from the from it, the shadow cabinet office. it depends on what your view of the referendum was doesn't it <clears> you know I think it probably does but she, but she because uh, it works the other way as well but she uh, stepped down and was and was asked um, did she vote in that way and make make a big deal out of it because of her 48 vote yeah. um, um, majority in her in her seat you know I mean and you've got to you've got to wonder if there's some self-preservation going on yes um, I think there probably is I mean I don't know enough about about Laura's past to um, to, to make a, a view on that now but I'm sure there has been with others I think I she's mean, off the singles market if that's any is uh, she on the singles market I don't know or off I think she's off yeah off the singles market oh, well, that's that's why I don't know a great deal about her yes <laughs> I'm one of the interesting single MPs <laughs> If there are any single MPs out there looking for love, you can write this to the New European you. Podcast <laughs> in Norwich. Anyway, you don't have to live locally to Norwich. He will travel for love. <laughs> have Carl will travel. <laughs> have love will travel. It's the mark of a man. G-S-O-H. Long walks along Westminster. The whole Labour thing is just a... Labour stance is just a show isn't it and in no amount of pretending ordinary people never care about Brexit or tweeting Corbyn saying his joke about Theresa May and her putting on her sad face or writing Guardian columns saying look the only choice is between the austerity Tories and Jeremy Corbyn's Labour so you've got yeah. to be on one side and no amount of that is going to hide the stink of Labour's fudge the stink of fudge <laughs> the stink of the stink of Labour's that's the sweet smell. The, the, the sweet stink smell. of fudge. fudge. But yeah, he, no, he uh, he's complicit in it's this whole bum fudge, isn't it? Really, <laughs> he's complicit in this absolute fuck up, yeah. um, and he has been from the start, and he's not bothered. Yeah, yeah, he's just not bothered. And you know, with decisive and ballsy leadership, this could have been the week that all of this. Yeah, stop really, yeah, yeah, couldn't it? Yeah, we would have we we could have stopped talking about all of this, and Theresa May could have stopped worrying in some ways, and even the little Brexiteers could have stopped because we could have gone into the we could have voted for the EEA, yeah, Norway style solution, which even people like Daniel Hannan now think yeah, is a, yeah, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Brexiteers like Daniel Hannan. And there's Hannan, still room to add a plus plus plus. To of that. course there is, yeah. And then, instead of all the stasis and the horse trading that will go on until February now, probably, and yeah. certainly until November, mm-hmm. we could have spent, Labour could have spent the next few months working out how it would do freedom of movement differently. Yeah. Maybe they could do it like they do in countries like Norway, for yeah. instance, yeah. where if people can't support themselves after three months, EU citizens, and they haven't got a job, then they're politely asked to, to leave, you know, but we don't do that. And and maybe they could have spent the rest of the time, um, you know, being focusing on how to explain to people that their misconceptions about immigration and the effects of migrants in their area it, it come from the fact that they've been lied to yeah. by opportunists and by But that's some what racists. Jeremy Corbyn is. 
Well, he's not a racist, no, but he is an opportunist. An opportunist. Yeah, 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 just yeah. for the record. I didn't but unfortunately, they're, they're focused on keeping the votes of people who've been lied to by racists yeah. an, an opportunist. And it suits them to, th- yeah, for yeah. Them to carry on thinking. Can that. I also say to, that Caroline Flint, with a nonsense about subverting Brexit and turning the tap of migration off, can do one as well. You can? Yeah, anyway. She's just window dressing in Brown's uh, cabinet. <laughs> she, do, you remember, do you remember that? Oh, that's right. That was an incredible day when she resigned. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, go on, check that out on Wikipedia. Um, right, should we crown a Brexiteer of the Week? Yes, we should, yeah. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858... 438840 and quoting podcast one or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk stay angry fight brexit subscribe to the new european steve brexiteer of the week brexiteer of the week um it seems quite a long time ago now doesn't it since uh Tuesday morning, and mm. we were all looking at the front page of the Sun and laughing. And if you've not seen the front page of the Sun, yeah. well, you, I mean, yeah, define brilliant. But no, I mean for us it was brilliant. For us it was brilliant. It was hilarious. Yeah. And and you know we we were all saying, well, this paper is owned by an Australian American, and it's got a front page montage of all these things that it's classing as great independent British things and one of them is the Mini which is designed by a Greek and it's owned by the Germans and one of them's the Shard which is designed by an Italian and it's owned by the Qataris and one of them is the Smiler roller coaster at Alton Towers designed by a German and built by the Swiss Um, but what I wanted to talk about first of all, was the front of the Daily Express, which it took attention from. It did, yeah, it did. Uh, the front of the Daily Express, so the first Brexiteer of the week, uh, but not the main one, is is the Daily Express. Uh, that had a Union Jack flag on it, and it said, a simple warning to our elected representatives, and then in capitals, ignore the will of the people at your peril. And uh, remarkable language to, to use. I presume at the time they didn't realise that the Express that it would be the day when that kid pleaded guilty to mm. plotting to kill Rosie Cooper, mm. MP, with a machete. Mm. But they would have known that it was a Almost few days did, short yeah. of the second year anniversary yeah. of Joe Cox's murder. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I, I was horrified by this. Um, I can see that their new tactic at the Daily yeah. Express, now Dacre is going is going to be to out-mad yeah. and out-Brexit Absolutely, the Daily Mail. This was an editorial decision but made along those lines. It was, but the tone of it is absolutely revolting, and it's made even sadder for me that I, because I know some of the people involved, in, and I think they're quite nice people, and it's yeah. a terrible, terrible miscalculation, and this language must be removed from this debate. Um once and for all. Talking of things that I would like to remove from this debate, well, he is actually being removed for a little bit. Now, before I read this, I thought that Britain had stopped shipping its unwanted to Australia in 1867. <laughs> but it turns out that Nigel Farage, the nicotine-stained man-frog, yeah. is going to the land of the feral cane toad. He's going down, under. In September, he's doing a five-day tour of Australia. VIP tickets, how much? Oh, They get sell, you get seats in the first two rows and a selfie with Nigel Farage. Right. 
68 dollars. Well, 170 UK pounds. Wow, why? Uh, and then if you want to have a glass of champagne with him afterwards and your picture taken, I think it goes up to about 370, 300. Uh, if you want to have your picture taken with Nigel, just go down the bloody dog and duck in Westminster. Well, exactly, the, yeah. Where's he, where's he drink? The Rose Tavern. The Rose, yes, that's right, well, isn't just it? Just go down there, he'll be sat outside, free. Um, the trip is being promoted by a guy called Max Markson, who is, I, I hate to describe him as the Max Clifford of Australia, um, because he's not, big, but in that way. But he is, he is to, as Max Clifford was to the PR world here, yes. before we knew all the unpleasant things yes. about Max Clifford, all yes. the well, even more unpleasant things. Yeah. Max Markson is, has got that kind of celebrity PR man status. Uh, and last year, this year he's bringing Nigel Farage. Last year he brought Milo. Oh, the lovely celebrity troll Milo, and it was a good time for Milo to get out of America because it yeah. was just after the, he'd done that interview where he said the age of consent shouldn't be a black and white thing, and that relationships between younger boys and older men can be a hugely positive experience. Mm. And this is what Max Max Markson said about Milo at the time. He talks a lot of common sense. He's incredibly articulate, witty, and funny. Milo is amazing. So. Yeah. It's nice people that Max Markson deals with. Yeah. Um, talking of UKIP and uh, and Farage, have you seen this? Uh, I'd miss this, but have you seen that they UKIP are trying to explore? There's a thing, right? There's a thing where if you are an MEP, you can get ask, invite some of your constituents to come over to Brussels to yes. see how the European Parliament yeah, yeah, works, yeah, yeah. and it's funded by the partly funded by the EU, but we actually pay for a selection of it. We also do it for journalists as well. Do they? I may well be coming live from Brussels before too Coming in your ears, live from Brussels. And um, so so you get these cheap trips, and uh, not cheap trick, well, that's not a cheap trick for ages, I might listen to some of this after this (laughs) podcast. New European listener, don't stop and listen to Cheap Trick. No, or Orville. Wait, or Orville, yeah. Um, So they offer these cheap trips, but UKIP have seized on this, and on the uh, the Brexit day, on final Brexit day, next March, they've booked up loads and loads of places, Uh and they are going to get 220 UKIPers to go over there uh, at a cost to the British taxpayer of about 30,000 quid and we're going to pay for them to go out there and then they're all going to wave their little flags when Nigel Farage leads our brave mm. UKIPers out of the EU Parliament. God, they're an awful bunch. Which at they? least guarantees that Nigel Farage is going to turn up to the, UK, the, uh, the EU Parliament because at the moment he's 750th out of all MEPs, having missed over 60% of all the votes. Do you know how many MEPs there are? He's 750th. Uh, 751. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crispin Odie. Yeah. He's not as fun as his name sounds. <laughs> it reminds you of a crisp, doesn't it? An Odie the dog out of Garfield. Um, he's a hedge fund tycoon and he's a mate of Jacob Rees Mogg's. He set up Somerset Capital uh, with Jacob Rees Mogg. He's donated. <laughs> <laughs> He's not as fun as he sounds, is he? He sounds like a crisp and, you know, Odie from from Garfield's mate. I liked Odie. Odie, yeah. I used to love Garfield. It's very funny. Did you? Yeah. yeah the yeah. books. Uh, the books? Yeah. What, the novels? 
Fifty Shades of Odie. Imagine you with your oh, slash fiction. <laughs> Theresa May abusing the cartoon, oh, the lasagna-loving cartoon cat with a whip. Cat of Nine Tails, you could call it. There you go. There's a title for you. Thank you. Anyway, Crispin Odie, he is a hedge fund tycoon. He's a mate of Jacob rees he, he helped him set up Somerset Capital. And he, he donated 900,000 quid to pro-leave campaigns. And he's got such faith in Brexit, much like Jacob Rees-Mogg, that he's placed a series of multi-million pound bets that the share prices of British companies are going to fall mm. the nearer Brexit uh, comes in. So he's put 500 million quid wow. on this gamble, which is more than I'm going to put on, <laughs> on Uruguay to, do, to get to the semis in the World Cup. What um, odds have you got on that? Uh, well, they're twenty-eight to one to win. So, um, and then I think it's a third of the odds for for um, to get to the final, isn't it? It's so bad, that's it? that. Yeah, no, it's it's worth it. And how much have you put on the share prices of British companies falling? I've put well, I've put a tenner on Uruguay, and I've put nothing on the share <laughs> price of British companies falling. I think I know what the safer bet is. He is saying ITV, Talk Talk, and Debenhams <clears throat> will all tank, and he's going to make a fortune if they do. And you might remember Crispin Odie um, because he spent over £100,000 on a chicken coop, didn't he, in yeah. his, his mansion in Gloucestershire. Yeah. So he'll now be able to have... It, it, they called it Cluckingham Palace, Cluckingham I believe. Palace. That's really so it good. will now be a gold-plated yeah. uh, chicken Those coop. Chickens, when, lucky when, chickens, eh? Well, when the chickens come home to roost of Brexit, <laughs> see, so that's good. Jacob rees we talked about before, um, he uh, similarly, his, his Irish uh, fund, Somerset Capital is very interesting, um, but I also wanted to mention the fact that his LBC show, extraordinary the other day, he said that in the brave new Brexit world, EU imports wouldn't need checking at Dover because, and the French would, if, if the French really want to check him, they can check him in, in Calais. And he said this would all be fine under a no-deal Brexit, and that's why no-deal Brexit is a good idea. The World Trade Organization, which are the rules that he wants to go with, mm. no-deal Brexit, yeah, yeah. they said uh, that they that was illegal under their rules. Oh. He then said, well, if the French don't want to do it, then we'll just take it to ports in Rotterdam and Antwerp, and, and they can do it instead. And again... It, World Trade Organization has to say that's totally against our laws, and the British Ports Association also said this is you're talking nonsense. A man without a plan. You're talking nonsense, mate. And I'm just waiting for him to say that they should all that they should all be shipped. All the checking should be done at Love Island by Haley Hughes, yeah. who was the woman who said, "What is Brexit?" Does it mean that we're going to have to cut down all our trees? Because <laughs> I like trees. Maybe she could be the new number two at the ERG. <coughs> um, what, what on earth was she thinking? It had anything to do with trees? Well, somebody said we're going to be cutting things that we deal with. And oh, she I went, see. Oh, no, trees? <laughs> we'll cut down trees? I like trees. But oh, she young did, people. She did then say, Does, isn't Brexit going to make it more difficult for me to go on holiday? Because yeah. I quite like holidays. And of course, Brexit is going to make it more difficult. If only we told everyone for, during the campaign. For everyone to go on holiday, proving that a 21-year-old university dropout has got a greater understanding of the negative effects of Brexit than <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg. Anyway, yeah. the Brexiteer of the week, yes. in the vein of saying stupid things on TV, yeah. is Peter Bone. Peter Bone, oh, yes. <laughs> he looks like Sven-Goran Eriksson, he doesn't does. he? 
He is the MP for Wellingborough. He used to Got mention his, He used to mention his wife, Mrs. Bone, in the comments. Jennifer. Because Mrs. Bone, he thought it sounded a bit rude, didn't he? Yeah. And he mentioned Mrs. Bone, and everyone would hit her. And he didn't mention her anymore because he's oh, he's gone off with a, uh-uh. a, a physio. She is on the younger. singles market. She is on the singles I, I market. I bumped into her on Tinder. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I didn't. You didn't. Didn't I? Anyway, he appeared on Newsnight. I don't know if you saw this. He was with Evan Davis. He said, we should go for a world trade deal... We won't need to put any tariffs on so with Ireland and the EU, so there won't be a border in Ireland. Evan Davis said, that is what you're proposing is completely illegal <laughs> under the World Trade Organization deal, much like Jacob rees yeah. And you know what he said? I don't care <laughs> about the legal situation. I just want to get out. So I don't care any of the... This, this thing that you're saying is uh. not true. It's all going to be fine. That's not true. All right, it's not going to be fine, but we won't need a border. That's not true. Well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to leave. And then, even better, and the reason he's the Brexiteer of the week, he said he was on Victoria Derbyshire, and they were talking about will the supermarket shelves be empty of certain goods after Brexit? And he said no. Of course they won't. And she said, well, you can't say that. There won't be. You can't say that there won't be any empty supermarket shelves after Brexit. Can you see into the future? And he said, yes, <laughs> I can see into the future. So, so mystic, mystic Peter Bone is the Brexiteer of the Week. And, and it reminded me, it reminded me, Peter Bone, the Brexiteer of the Week. And, but that thing of steadfastly sticking to your guns, and it reminded me of my friend John Horsley, who's a very funny writer who you should all follow on Twitter. And he once interviewed Mylene Class. Yeah. And she was just starting a show on Classic FM. Yes. And he said to her, um, it's great that you're on Classic FM because you do play a bit of the piano. But some people have said, you know, that it should be somebody who's really an expert in classical music rather than a celebrity. And I I sort of, and she went, well, do you agree with them? And he said, well, I, I do agree with them, really. I think it should be someone who knows a bit more about classical music than you. And she said, well, you're just a cynicist. And John Horsley said, well, there's no such word as cynicist. And Mylene Class said, there you go again. <laughs> so Peter Bone, the Mylene Class, mystic Peter Bone, the Mylene Class of his, his generation, his political class, is the Brexiteer of the world. Let's hope he doesn't strip to a bikini and shower on national TV, however. <laughs> What should the listener do right now? <laughs> well, shower themselves down with carbolic, I would have thought, after that image. Uh, the, new, the, the New European must be, uh, the European podcast must be liked and rated on the podcatcher of your choice. It must. Please give us a lovely review if you've enjoyed this as much as I have, and, uh, and lots of lovely stars. You can follow the New European on Twitter, at the New European. You can join our Facebook group for New European readers, uh, and you can uh, just like the New European on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's £2.50. It's on sale in all good news agents, lots of politics, lots of Brexit, but lots of art and culture as well. Next week on this podcast, we shall be celebrating 
our 100th edition of the newspaper. Now, it was only supposed to be four editions. We've popped up and stayed up, and we're going to be celebrating with hopefully some very special guests. So, with that in mind, we're going to be a little bit later next Friday morning, but it'll be worth it. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. On a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.